The following podcast is sponsored by iClick, your mobile tech partner. You may know iClick for USB drives or perhaps pop sockets, arguably one of the hottest promo products on the market. But today, there's a whole lot that's new about iClick. With a curated line of over 100 products available ready ship next day, iClick is your partner for all your tech and mobile accessory needs. And don't forget, always free ground shipping. iClick, be remarkable. Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing. I am joined, as always, by Brendan Menapace, Senior Digital Editor. Brendan, question for you. How early is too early to start decorating for Christmas? Because we put our stuff up this past weekend, uh, the weekend of November 7th, for anyone curious to when we're recording this. Uh, So not even one week removed from Halloween and we're fully decked out. You know, right now, time's kind of irrelevant. If you would ask me maybe two years ago, I would have, you know, been a bit more upset that you did this. I'm definitely one of those people who likes to wait until December 1st. I'm, I'm becoming softer in my old age. I'm a little bit more accepting of things, maybe having a Christmas tree up at Thanksgiving. But I, you know, in a perfect world, I think you wait until December. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely part of the problem. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe just holiday creep. I don't but, think it's a problem. Uh, but I'm, you know what? I, it takes so long to get all this stuff out of storage and put it all up. It's like I want to enjoy it for more than three weeks, you know? Yeah, you know, growing up, my parents wouldn't get a Christmas tree until like December 13th. So it was like, you know, enjoy it for the next two weeks and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, we still do the real tree. So that'll come a little bit later. I will uh, say last year. We're not year, putting that up in November, but. We got a real tree last year and we got it early. We got it like on Thanksgiving weekend. And I don't know if we just got a dud or what, but it was, you know, it was just shedding needles. You couldn't touch it. Like literally couldn't like <laughs> poke a, a branch without just a shower of yeah, it just explodes down. in needles so when i when we finally took it outside you know come i think it was just like the day after christmas we were like okay we, we limped across the finish line here with, <laughs> with this thing it's brown it's it was completely dead on certain sides just like if my friends brushed against it it was just like it sounded like a rain stick so we i this That's year a i'm like big time hazard we have to wait a little bit longer this year well lesson learned yeah um Anyway, we, this is uh, this is not a, a Christmas themed episode. That will probably come at some point as we get closer to the holidays here. And I know that there are a lot of companies doing some cool uh, holiday themed promos. So we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, but we do have a great show lined up for everybody today. Our guest is Katie Nahum, uh, Senior Vice President of Marketing for Wisps, a uh, consumer snack brand that manufactures cheese crisps made from uh, 100% real cheese. Uh, Wisps recently launched a fun campaign that allows anybody to order a custom, personalized, edible cheese carving, uh, kind of taking food promotions to the next level. Uh, If you want to read some more about that campaign and see some of the cheese carvings in action, uh, you can go to magazine.promomarketing.com and search Wisps in the search bar. But Katie joined us today to tell us how and more importantly, why this campaign went from idea to reality. Uh, And we got onto the topics of personalization, using physical and digital marketing together, uh, Wisp's overall brand and merchandise strategy, and a bunch more. Uh, It was a fun time, and uh, I'm kind of hungry now that I'm I'm thinking back on that conversation. So I'm going to be raiding the snack cabinet after this for sure. Um, That's coming up momentarily. Before we get there, a couple quick things. One, big thanks to iClick for sponsoring this episode. 
good people over there. Check them out at www.iclick.com for all your mobile tech needs. Uh, two, I feel like we have to mention the, the two big mergers and acquisitions that just happened in the promo industry because this was th- these were both pretty huge. Um, you probably read about them on our site by now if you didn't check it out there. But first, you had SNS Activewear acquiring TSC Apparel. Uh, not that I ever expect any acquisitions before they happen, but like this one was was pretty shocking just because these are two huge apparel suppliers coming together. Um, they were the number two and number nine overall companies on our 2020 top suppliers list. So last year's list, um, you know, we don't include Sanmar on there because they don't report their revenue numbers directly. But basically what this does now is it gives you three apparel juggernauts right at the top. You've got Sanmar, Alpha Broder, and then the combined SNS plus TSC. So that's, this is pretty crazy. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah. That's like you said, you know, you never like plan on seeing them, but when this one, you know, it, it did surprise me a lot. Yeah. And I know we've been expecting M and a activity to pick up a little bit here as we get late in the year and into the following year. But you know, this was, this was kind of out of left field. It's just, just from the perspective of how big these companies are and how, you know, you don't, you're just never going to expect a deal of this magnitude to happen. But um, so that, that was the, the real big one. The other one was a custom Inc acquired swag.com. And, you know, this is, is, is huge too, because custom Inc is already pretty big, already pretty focused on e-commerce. Uh, and now they add swag.com, which is doing a lot of these things that the, you know, gifting as a service startups have been doing uh, tech automation, fulfillment um, distribution in the corporate gifting space. So this is two companies whose strengths really seem to complement each other, and it's it's a really intriguing combination. Yeah, you know, you're you're kind of the person I turn to when I have questions about the gifting as a service thing, just because you've done so much coverage about it. What do you think this is going to really mean for that, uh, you know, that aspect of the industry? Well, I mean, there are so many of these gifting as a service startups out there right now. So really, I, I can't. I, you know, I see this deal, and I can't help but wonder if we're going to see more of the big promo distributors just outright acquiring some of these companies because you know these are are companies that they're kind of adjacent to the promo space they really in a lot of cases they work in tandem with it some of them are even you know linked up with promo distributors already who kind of handle the the branded merchandise end of things while you know this startup uses its automation tech capabilities to handle the fulfillment and all that um but you know this is the kind of case where it's like these are really potentially really attractive targets for big, large distributors to snap up. Like, oh, hey, they're already doing these things. They already have the the infrastructure and the capabilities in place to handle uh, this kind of complex automation and and fulfillment and things like that. So, you know, we'll see. But I I, I wonder if this is kind of the start of of maybe a, a mini trend that we'll see, especially as some of these companies start really you know getting into outside investor interest. Yeah, that like the outside investor interest what was it uh, Swag.com got. Well, you might have the figures in front of you. I don't the like Series C funding that they just got. I think you're you're thinking of Sendoso, which is I one am. of those companies. Right. Yeah, yes, they got a hundred million in Series C funding, and there's been some other big ones that we've covered too. Uh, Alice and Snappy are two of the big ones. Um, you know, there's and we've talked about it on this podcast before. So we'll see what happens with this. Um, you know, that's again a big deal. Custom Inc. and and Swag.com. Uh, we'll see kind of where they take this from here and how they integrate each other's capabilities. But it's a, again, really interesting and intriguing combination of, of uh, companies there. Um, 
Okay. So those, those are the, the big acquisitions. The one other thing I wanted to get into with you, Brendan, um, we need to talk about A24's movie merchandise auction because yes, you, and I, you and I are PM's <clears throat> resident A24 junkies. We have not really had a chance to discuss this much outside of uh, a few idle teams chats. Um, so you covered this on the site. Do you want to tell, tell the people about it? Yeah. I mean, as a quick briefing, there's a Twitter account called Night Promoting that I love. It's just the people, you know, submit these movie promos they've gotten, you know, dating back to the 80s, 90s, 2000s. And that's it. It's just old and new movie promos, and it's great. Um, they actually teamed up with A24 for this. They like put these products on auction, and each one, it's you know, it's segmented into different themes, and you can get things like there's inflatable stereo. And this was tied in with the book that, that A24 just released, right? Yes, yes, it is. That was something you actually pointed out to me because I didn't know it existed because I'm, you know, apparently a bad <laughs> A24 fan. So I'm looking at I'm the right real now. super fan here. I know you got flubber vial of goo. I don't know. You got <laughs> a parent trap fanny pack because you have to remember when this movie came out. This was the first time that fanny packs were cool. You've got, and then like there's, there's things like the, the one category is one man's trash, which, you know, you hear so much about these products being, you know, trinkets and trash, you know, clearly people want to buy a Wayne's world promotional cup. You know, I know I do. I would love to. Right now, that bid is at $150. So we, we've covered A24 a ton because they're always doing such killer movie merchandise themselves. But this is just really cool. Like the book and the auction, they're, they're like this, the, you, you said it, it's this, the opposite of, of what we're, we see too, so often, which is that promotional products are junk. This is like a celebration of promotional products, which is always exactly. nice to see. So I, I got to know, which of these items are you eyeing up at auction? Like, Let's say you're a millionaire. Money is no object. Like, which of these are you snapping up? You know, actually, I think the thing that made me laugh the hardest is the Dumb and Dumber double-sided pencil where both ends uh, are an eraser. That's, you stole mine, man. That is was, that, was uh, that yours? Yeah. I said it's it off It's just so air. perfect. I'll say it again here. The, the Dumb and Dumber double-sided pencil is the pinnacle of promotional merchandising. If you are listening and you're the person responsible for this promo item, or you know the person responsible, please email me at snorris at napco.com so we can get you on the show immediately. Because <laughs> this is just, it's the dumbest and it's the yeah, best. It, it, it just it's, fits it's perfectly dumbest. for the, the movie. I think my second choice, if you're going to take that one, is the, uh, the Godzilla 1998 uh, <laughs> flashlight. Just because I do, one. I have a weird soft spot for that movie. I believe we have discussed that movie on this podcast before and probably the promotional merchandise that was tied to it. I don't know if we discussed this, this particular flashlight. I hope that we did because it rules. It is pretty cool. Um, this probably won't surprise anyone, but I also love all the weird ones. Like I, I'm of the school that the weirder the better when it comes to a lot of promotional merchandising, especially for movies because you can do so much and just get like movies as a medium and it just, it works to go, to go weird with it. Um, I really like that there's an Armageddon desk clock and it just says countdown to Armageddon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like somewhere somebody has one of those sitting on their desk still, still which is which yeah. is incredible. And like every day at noon, they're like, oh, countdown to Armageddon, it's coming. I'd like to hope that either Bruce Willis or Ben Affleck has that on their, you know, their office desk that they got it when that movie came out. <laughs> Um, I think there was also a, another Armageddon item in this auction. It was like an edible asteroid or something, which 
uh, probably. I think I know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if it was in the auction, but I have seen that. It was a chocolate asteroid. Yeah. Um, pretty sure that's in there. Um, yeah, really cool. I think these auctions are open for a little while longer. Do you know when these end? It looks it like looks like they end on Thursday. So that's November 11th. This episode will be out November 10th. So if you're listening on the first or second day that this releases, you'll have a chance to go bid on a Fargo paper shredder or uh, some Jaws knee-high stockings. Um, like you said, Brennan, there's all kinds of categories. There's This Exists Weird, which is just like probably my favorite of the categories. There's a head-to-toe promo, which is all apparel. You can get yourself a, a rad cliffhanger sweater, crew neck sweater. Um, batteries not included, which is some, some tech items, where, which includes that Armageddon desk clock. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, so check that out. Uh, what's the URL there? It's uh, a24auctions.com. Looks that like. is it. Yep. So give that a look. It's just fun to check out and you can, you can see all the items. I'll throw a link down in the, uh, the show notes for this episode too. So if you're listening, you can give it a look pretty easily. Um, all right. Anything else? I think we covered everything I wanted to get to today. No, I mean, I could talk about those forever, but we should probably cut ourselves off. <laughs> we'll revisit off air and we'll get into, uh, all, we'll, we'll talk Godzilla again. We'll, yes. we'll give our, uh, our Godzilla movie rankings now that there's been a couple more. Um, all right, let's get to our interview. Here's Katie Nahum on Wisps, edible cheese carvings, personalization, physical and digital marketing, and a whole bunch more. Katie, first off, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to join us here virtually. Um, do you want to just start off with some introduction and background on yourself and on Wisps? Happy to, and thank you for having me today. Wisps, I'll start with the company. Um, it's about a five-year-old business that was born out of a leading artisanal cheese manufacturer in the U.S., Schumann Cheese. Um, the team became independent in 2019. That's when I joined, so just over two years. And we've grown extraordinarily since then. There's about 30 team members. Uh, product is distributed in over 65,000 doors. And what we primarily make is a pure cheese crisp. So we take best quality cheese, we bake it into a great, crunchy, crispy, light and airy snack. And we have a range of flavors available today. And how about yourself? What do you do with Wisps? Yeah, um, I'm the head of marketing at the Wisps team. Um, I've spent my whole career in food and bev, and this product is probably my most delicious yet to be able to work on. Now, not paid advertisement, but I do have a bag of wisps in my cabinet right now. So I, was, I can attest that they're pretty delicious. What flavor is it you like? I think it's just the cheddar, the basic uh, regular flavor. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, our vision is to bring real cheese back into cheese snacking. We believe that if it's made with cheese, it should absolutely taste delicious. And so that product in particular, I like to say it's cheese, that's it, because it, it's just 100% cheddar cheese and one that took a really long time to develop. It was over two years in R&D. And eventually we just worked with our master cheesemaker to develop a custom recipe. Um, none of the other cheeses that we trialed really was hitting the mark. Bringing real cheese back. That sounds like shots fired at some other, uh, some other <laughs> cheese snack brands that we will not mention on the show. But um, all right. So the reason we, we wanted to have you on, was we, we saw this really cool campaign that you guys put together. Um, it's kind of branded merchandise, kind of not branded merchandise. I'll let you talk about it. But tell us about the Wisps Holiday Cheese Carvings campaign. I mean, how does it work? And you know, how did the idea come about? 
course. The Wisp Holiday Cheese Carving, uh, that idea was inspired really through observing the different award shows in the artisanal cheese world. You would show up at American Cheese Competition, enter from the, you know, the, the gates and there'll be enormous cheese carvings that are present and that's the visual that hits you. Our team saw those visuals and really were inspired thinking, how can we bring this to our community and to our consumers? We look from a brand perspective to bring that joy, that cheesy joy to life for our consumers and quirky fun things, that's right up our alley. Um, so I think that the team initially saw the carvings and thought we could use this as a little bit of a fun play. Originally, we were even thinking April Fool's Day. And eventually we landed on why not make this be something that consumers can actually purchase for their holiday giftings. And that's what inspired the idea and that's where we are today. So you launched this campaign on October 1st. What have the results been like so far? I know you've had a few interesting custom orders and you know, maybe what's the best and or weirdest order you've gotten so far? Yeah, um, there has been some really, really talented creative asks for the community. My favorite has been the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We've seen Dolly Parton, we've seen vacation homes, carvings of their grandchildren, you name it, anniversary gifts, it's, it's been had. And um, I think that that's where the personalization element is just so special. In fact, over 90% of the orders have been personal, even though we do offer some stock options. So you guys have done branded merchandise before. I mean, last year you released uh, limited edition work pajamas, I think they were called, uh, that you mm -hmm. produ produced with a luxury apparel brand, uh, which was you know, really clever, really effective use of, uh, of promotional apparel. Um, what made you decide to go a little more, let's say, unconventional this time around with cheese carvings? I think it's not unconventional, a cheese carving. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I think that when we look at the WISP playbook, it's about pushing ourselves to be unique and different. It's really important that we challenge ourselves to come up with bigger and more extraordinary programs. We're here to become a lifestyle brand. Our goal is to be a household name. So these types of initiatives really just break through and surprise and delight our customers. Nothing's more surprising and delighting than getting a custom cheese carving in the mail from an artist, you know, an artisanal cheese carver. The program with Top Notch, which was the pajamas last year, that one was great. We loved the idea of being able to introduce, we called them the work pajamas. So, you know, the sayings were very fun and on, on brand. Uh, you're on mute. These are my work pajamas. But we loved with Top Notch. They were a great promotional partner um, for us. So we've been covering per, uh, personalization for a long time, and we've seen how it's driving consumer behavior, especially online right now. What we're seeing right now is re a lot of retailers like brands like H&M and Nutella doing it offline and in-store locations. So how important was that personalization aspect here? I'd say seeing the response rate where 90% of the orders are personalized, it was really important. I think that there's an expectation with the way that our society is evolving where we're able to get sort of tailored special things. People want to have those moments and the joy that it brings when you have, to your point, a piece of apparel with their custom monogram or favorite saying. And so we can tell you from looking at the results of the personalization is what our base is looking for. And one of the other things we really loved about this campaign was the digital component, you know, the way it helped funnel visitors to your website too. I mean, since you launched, mm -hmm. 
something like 85% of your web traffic has been new visitors, right? I mean, can you tell us more about the strategy there? Yeah, yeah. Over 85% was new, and we've actually seen a 31% increase overall in site traffic. Um, we really leaned in hard with this program on PR, social media, word of mouth. It doesn't have a really large paid piece behind it. Um, to be completely honest, we're not making money on the carvings. That's not the goal here in any way, shape, or form. It's really just to you know be able to bring that moment to life and that engagement with our consumers. Uh, every single carving does also show up with some wisps you know, on the side. So it doesn't hurt sort of on the trial and hopefully generating some repeat. Um, we really look at our website as the home for discovery. So we are not a direct-to-consumer business. We don't sell everyday product off our site. We rely on our partners, uh, 65,000 doors across the U.S. to get whisks into people's shopping baskets. And so the strategy with this program by bringing people onto our site is for them to be able to learn more about WISPs, what makes us special, and then provide that opportunity for them to learn where they can go shop. And actually, the second most visited page on our website is the find a store, find a store near you. So have you done any customer branded merchandise out more outside of this campaign in the work pajamas? And or do you have any plans to do more of it in the future? I think the answer is definitely yes to, to your second question. We do have plans to do more merch, more customization in the future. And I think that connects back to our goal here, which is to really become a lifestyle brand. And the playbook to be able to engage with consumers in this way is what allows a business tra to transcend the transactional relationship of just being a product. We believe that's what makes us special and unique and different and have a stronger connection with our community of consumers. And in all of the you know, limited research that we do conduct as a startup, we are seeing that it's working, that our consumers resonate with WISPs, that they become very loyal and um, they understand you know, what we stand for. So yes to personalization and brand and merch in the future. And this is not the, the you know, first or second program. I would say that we really look to come up with a couple moments throughout the year where we can bring to life different marketing initiatives that are more consumer facing. One of them that you mentioned and we spoke about already was the, the pajamas. We also did a Valentine's Day offer earlier this year where you were able to purchase a pack of our small snack bags and stickers that were designed in partnership with artists where you would write whoever you were looking to gift a little cheesy Valentine to their name. It had, of course, a lot of cheese puns. And that one was sold exclusively online. We did, we did see some really good results there. Um, and I would also point to our big cheese program. That was something that uh, the team developed as a concept for us to create um, a promotion around a consumer contest. People applied to become our next cheese executive officer. We saw over 6,000 applications. So 6,000 individual people went on and applied to be the cheese EO. It covered all 49 states in the U.S. And, it, and of course, there was a, a reward for the winner, but the, the real magic in it was that we were asking for a pretty big ask. The, each application was custom with creative and content, visuals, video, for why they would be the best cheese EO. And we saw some really, really highly engaging and talented work come out of that. Plus just the on-the-job responsibilities once you become the cheese EO. I mean, I can't even imagine. That's, that's a, a heavy ask right there. Um, I have to definitely eat cheese every day. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I'm qualified for that then. Um, we really appreciate you joining us, like I said. Uh, and this was a, a really great kind of inside look at, at you know, your strategy and the, the way that you guys are, are kind of looking to build the, the WISP brand. 
Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't asked you about today? I don't know if there, I mean, I think we covered a bunch of what's important to WISPs. I think that if there's any celebrities listening, we'd love to be able to send them. A <laughs> and for those of you who are looking to send it to their friends or family, you're able to go on um, wisps.com and the program will be live through December 10th. So get your order in. I know that our cheese carvers are ready waiting. They love to be able to make that special gift come to life for the cheese lover in your family and friends. Great stuff, Katie. We really appreciate it again. Thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck with the rest of this campaign and uh, everything going into 2022. Thanks. That just about does it for this episode. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. Also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Uh, thanks again to iClick for, for sponsoring this episode. And uh, thanks again to you for listening. Until next time, for Brendan Menapis, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by iClick, your mobile tech partner. Featuring a curated line of over 100 products available ready ship next day, with the remarkable customer service you know and love. Visit iClick.com.